Our next guest, Jennifer Peake, understands the mechanics of business foundations. She knows what works and what doesn't. In this episode, you'll learn the biggest indicators of success and weakness within a business and how to make sure your endeavors are profitable. Women Really Mean Business, presented by Athena International, episode number 137, begins right now. Welcome to Women Really Mean Business, presented by Athena International, the podcast that tells you the story of how women are impacting business one guest at a time. Now here's your host, Jeff Bolitnikoff, with another successful woman and her unique business journey. Women Really Mean Business, presented by Athena International. I'm Jeff Litnikoff, and I am with Jennifer Peake. And, of course, she runs the Peake Advisory Group. Now, let me read from her bio, just the uh, first part of it, very briefly here. She provides clients with key strategic insights while helping them develop plans to execute on their visions. And here's the most important part, profitably. And at Peak Advisory Group, she consults with executives and business owners to identify business gaps and opportunities to increase value and prepare them for the next stage of business evolution from growth to varied exit strategies. And Jennifer, welcome to the show. Thanks for being here. Thanks for having me. Yeah, it's great to have you. So it sounds to me like as somebody that really kind of digs into the back end of the business, if you will, like the, you know, you kind of look at the what's going on in reality, what's going on, I should say, right now, but then the possibilities. Because I think entrepreneurs, business owners, sometimes, you know, they get so focused on the date, and I'm going to ask you if this is true or not, but they sometimes get so focused on the day-to-day that I think sometimes it's hard for them to see the growth and then, as, as you just, in the bio, the potential exit strategy. So how do you react to all that? Well, I... I think for some business owners, you can take out the word sometimes and <laughs> <laughs> to where they're, they're always, you know, in the day-to-day in the business. And really, it's just like everything else in life and not just everything else in business. And that is the urgent almost always supersedes the important. And that's what the day-to-day is, right? It's the urgency. It's the customers. It's the employees. It's the newest and greatest thing that you want to pursue. It's, it's all of those options. And particularly if businesses are running along the way the business center expects from a financial perspective, there's not a lot of looking under the hood and, and really understand what's going on. And so when we work with our clients, that's one of the things that we really help them understand is, hey, look, even if it is all netting out to where you think it should net out, is it still behaving the way that you want? And what are the risks and opportunities even inside of something that is is going well? Because there's always going to be those moments where something like that happens. A really good example of that, if you've got a company that has a key customer, right? And it's great. You have a key customer. You have a great relationship with them. They order like clockwork, and they just get to be more and more of your business. And that's fantastic until it's not. And you end up with, you know, what if something happens to that customer? Maybe they get acquired. You know, maybe maybe they decide to take their business a different direction. And that's one of the things that I think a lot of business owners get surprised by and don't have any kind of backup plans to help them deal with that situation. And in some cases, didn't realize that that customer, in our example here, had gotten to be that big of a part of their business, right? It happened accidentally and slowly. 
Yeah, and then all of a sudden, it's kind of the old eggs in one basket syndrome. Yeah. And so, how do you how do you advise somebody in that case? Because, as you said, and I love that that the the, the urgent sometimes overtakes the importance. So urgent for a lot of business owners is making your monthly, making your quarterly, making your yearly. And when you have a key client that is really feeding that, you are kind of in a way beholden to that revenue. But of course, it's it's putting you with, it's giving you less and less flexibility as you go because you're missing out on other opportunities. So um, that's a long way, that's a long way of asking you, how do you advise clients to, you know, kind of minimize the impact of that customer maybe leaving at some point? So I think there's a couple of things. First and foremost, it's talking with the client and making sure they understand that they, that they know that that's happening. I would tell you that at least 50% of the time, it's been an account growth or a change in the business where they didn't really realize that the customer had gotten to be that big. And that could be twofold, right? One, it could be that the customer itself has grown And then the second thing could be that there have been other accounts that have diminished or that have lost that client. And they just have gotten sort of upside down in their customer mix, for lack of a better way to put it. So the the first step, of course, is just awareness. Like, did you realize that this is what was going on and here's how it's kind of snuck up on you, if you will? Because in a lot of cases, it is accidental. It wasn't something that they intended to do. So that, that's the first step. Then the second step is to say, okay, that's a real risk to your business, regardless of how well you get along. There's a whole slew of things that neither one of the companies may have control over. So how do you start to mitigate that? The easy answer is go get some more customers, right? It sounds easy, but go get some more customers. Think about what other you know, maybe deliberate elements you can put in place for that customer account. So I'll give you an example of an email that I just had with a client exchange over the weekend, and it was, we have a lot of receivables outstanding, and they're not going to come in um, as quickly as we would like them to. And it wasn't because there was a collection problem. It was because there's two customers that have very long payment cycles that happen to have projects happening at the same time and the payment cycle is going to drag out for both of them and it's really going to be challenging for the company to manage through that cash management process. And it was really accidental. I mean, it happened concurrently with the projects, with the two customers. So there's a little bit of a compounding factor there. But my comment, amongst other things, to the business owner was, we really need to think about what happens when you have this happen again, because this is a line of business that you're trying to grow. And if you're trying to grow this particular line of business, the odds that this issue is going to continue to come up is greater. So what can we do in the process overall to make sure that this cash crunch doesn't happen again? So it's really sitting down and saying, okay, even if you want to keep that customer where they're at or these customers or these projects, what mitigation strategies can you put in place in the short term and in the midterm? And then on a long-term basis, is that really how you want your customer mix to be? And what can we do in the next six, nine, 12 months 
to start to morph that into something more deliberate instead of accidental. Well, I'd like to pivot here and because there's something that and you, you've got a great preparation kit, for lack of a better term that you give me some suggested questions. And one of the suggested questions came up. And by the way, I'm going to also give your website, peakadvisory.com. And you spell your last name, P-E-E-K. I almost put too many E's in there for some reason. I don't, I don't know why. I kept I, I went E-happy for a second. I don't know what, what happened there. But at any rate, they can check you out at peakadvisory.com. But let's talk about the one thing that really, it kind of blew my mind. And I'm sure it, it does for a lot of people that minimizing taxes is a bad thing for business value. And I just have to, I had to bring up that topic because again, that just blew my mind when I read that. And tell me, tell me why that is. Sure. So for most businesses, if you're having a formal valuation done, and and honestly, if you're having an informal valuation done, the, the valuation is based on your profit and the key way that most businesses minimize their taxes is to make sure they don't have any profit that gets taxed. So I'll use an easy example. I'm in a, a Facebook group that's filled with a lot of really successful female business owners. And, you know, we're, we're right in the middle of the fourth quarter of the year. So we've got business owners that are meeting with their accountants. And whether by, again, let's use the word accidental, but whether by accident or by specific conversation, a lot of business owners and tax accountants are focused on minimizing taxes. Well, the easiest way to do that is to spend all your money. And so I'm in this Facebook group and this woman posts a comment that says, I met with my tax accountant for year-end planning and I need to spend some money so I don't have to pay taxes. And that's great if the only goal is to not pay taxes. But there are other ways strategically to minimize taxes that don't make your profit go away. Because two years from now, if that business owner wants to get a loan, wants to attract investments, wants to sell her company, if there's no bottom line, no one's going to be interested in buying a business that doesn't make any money. Yeah, that's really interesting. And you hadn't thought about that way. And again, it goes back to what you had said at the big part of the interview, the first part of the interview, the urgent sometimes overtakes the important. So the urgent part is, yes, I want to save money this year, and but down the road that can hurt you. And by the way, I should timestamp this as we record this. It's November 3rd, 2020. But Jennifer, let's talk about uh, the last question we have before we get into our last few questions is that what are three things that business owners, uh, what are three key mistakes, I should say, that business owners make? So the the first one, which is common to business owners of almost any company of any size, and that is that they play a highly critical role inside their company. And not just highly critical, but almost to the point, not almost, to the point that if they wanted to transition their company, if they wanted to transition their role, they have to find a very unique person to be able to do that. And, you know, I realize that not every company is of the size where they can have that middle management layer. I mean, that's particularly true for anyone who has founded a company and knows the ends and the outs from day one, day whatever they're on. But having other people inside the company that know critical functions is important to the longevity, to the legacy, to an individual transition 
a lot of our business owners are serial entrepreneurs and they love their company until they find a new passion or a new thing they want to start. And then they're like, ah, I got to get out. And not in a frantic way, but in a way that that's good for them and the company. And the more that you can kind of plan with that in mind, even if you don't know what your transition date is, the easier it is in the future to do things like that. So that's thing one is where you're employee number one and you're always the most valuable employee. The second thing is, is really understanding as much as you can what your long-term game is. So that's one year or three year or five years. Everybody's kind of got different time frames, but looking at that and saying, I want to give myself as the business owner the most possible flexibility in the future. And that flexibility could be anything. It could be growing the company organically. It could be acquiring another company. It could be acquiring a line of business. It could be selling. It could be all different sorts of things. But putting the the back office systems, the features, the employee structure, the financial profitability in place gives you all sorts of options. And that way you don't have to make the decision about how you might want to change things for yourself as the owner and the founder, but you have a list of five things that you could do because you've got all of this flexibility. So that's another another key thing. And then the last one is something that we've already touched on a little bit, and that is making sure that you don't have unintentional concentrations in your business. And that could be customers, it could be key employees, it could be suppliers. So really looking at and managing those intentionally so that you don't get caught off guard and have it become a crisis in your business with something happens in one of those three lanes. All right. We're getting to our final two questions here. And this uh, next question, of course, is our resource question. Of course, we're going to have links to all of the things that are connected to peakadvisory.com, including peakadvisory.com. But is there anything else that you'd like to talk to the audience about? Anything you might think might inspire them or educate them or anything else like that? Well, in line with kind of what we've been talking about, we do have a, a complimentary quiz on our website. And you can also access it through the link businessvaluequiz.com. Now, this is not a valuation of your company, but what it does give you is insights into key areas of your company that you may want to pay more attention to that could be dragging your value down. So that's that's definitely something I would recommend. It takes maybe five minutes to walk through the questions, and then you'll get a tailored report on the back end that not only gives you results, but also gives you some action items that you can take immediately. Well, that sounds great. I definitely encourage people to go check that out. And of course, we'll have that link there for them. And Jennifer, I am just going to turn the floor over to you now, hand you the mic, and you can address the audience with whatever you would like to talk about. The podcast now belongs to you. The floor is yours, Jennifer. Well, thank you. You know, the biggest thing that, that we've seen, and as you said, we're here in late 2020 as we record this, but I find it to be true regardless of whatever environment we may be in, and that is you really can't underestimate the need to be flexible in your business. And I I prefer that word a little bit more than pivot, which is something I think we've heard a lot of in 2020, but the basics of it are the same. And that is always be prepared for the unexpected as much as you possibly can. And having 
A lot of, I shouldn't say a lot of, but having some key systems and processes in place so that you don't get surprised. And that's really, I think, the biggest thing that, that sucks the energy out of businesses and business owners is feeling like you're constantly taking one punch after another, um, even if they're good punches. Um, it, it really takes a lot of energy to manage a company or a business that doesn't have some basic foundational elements to it. And so having those in place is critically important because it allows you to take advantage of opportunities as they come up. It allows you to really see challenges for what they are instead of having it be something that's potentially overblown and really drags you down. So those are the biggest things that we encourage our clients and our business owners to do. They're important, but not urgent. It's something that can be hard to focus on. But the more that you can build that into your culture, the the easier it is for everybody, not just the owner, but for everyone who works in and with the company. Well, Jennifer Peak of Peak Advisory Group, and that's peakadvisory.com, P-E-E-K, advisory.com. I don't know why I keep wanting to put extra E's in there. I get on a roll and I just go, I guess. But at any rate, I really appreciate your time and all the great insights you gave to folks, including the the resources that you talked about that people can take advantage of. And, and again, I, I thank you so much for your time this week. Thank you. What is one of the main things that can lead to a business's downfall? Well, according to our next guest, Claudia Williams, a lack of communication. We're going to preview her episode now as she talks about why you need to start prioritizing connection within your organization. Any little ways we can make connections with people go really, really long way. And so we need to start there and drive connection. And the connection will drive collaboration. The collaboration will drive innovation. All of the all of these things are what will drive engagement. And if you have the engagement, then you've got a group of people who want to do more than just what the four corners of their job description want them to do. And that's when you've got a company that doesn't have a revolving door. And that's when you have a company that has great reviews on Glassdoor.com or great reviews on Indeed. And that's where people don't want to leave the job two years after they show up. We need your help to connect with more people. Two simple things you can do. Rate and review the podcast, plus share the podcast that you find relevant. If you do one of the two things, you will really help us grow, and both would be amazing. But regardless, we appreciate you listening, and we'll see you next week.